We close out the week with another prospect breakdown. This time, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome in to the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope you're all having a fantastic start to your Friday, a fantastic close uh, to the week. We've got another fun one in store for you here today on the show. Today on the show, we have got another prospect breakdown, another quarterback breakdown as we continue to go through the top names at the position ahead of the 2023 college season ahead of the 2024 NFL draft trying to get a lay of the land of where we stand on these quarterbacks ahead of the start of the season and today it is Washington QB Michael Penix Jr. I've got the trusty notepad got the notes written down here uh, from my watch this morning of a couple of games of Michael Penix Jr. and we've already watched Drake May we've already watched Caleb Williams so if you're listening to this show and you haven't gotten the opportunity go back they're in the archives both in the podcast feed and the video side of things you can go back and listen to both of those breakdowns earlier this week. We did the Caleb Williams one to start the week on Monday, and then do the Drake May one was in the middle of the week. And that's kind of, we're going to kind of do this for the next couple of weeks here. Three of the shows each week are going to be these prospect breakdowns, and we're focusing on the quarterbacks right now so that maybe we can have a top 10 list by the time things are all said and done uh, before the start of the season. We might have to pick up the pace a little bit and get through two guys in a show, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yes, it is Michael Penix Jr. today. Uh, from Washington University, transfer uh, from Indiana. Sorry, Heldy. Heldy said in the pre-show chat, I get to relive the pain of losing the best QB IU has had in my lifetime. And we will start with the games that I watched. I watched the bowl game, the Alamo uh, Bowl against Texas, and then I watched a game against Michigan State. And the reason I picked those games is, as I've mentioned, I'd like to see um, bowl performances. I'm always intrigued by that kind of stuff. Uh, And then the Michigan State game, the, the reason why I picked that, I thought it would be really interesting guy that was in the Big Ten transfers to the Pac-12 and is playing a Big Ten school. So we'd love to see how comfortable he is against a team uh, that was in the same conference of him, as him when he started with Indiana. So those were the reason for picking those two games. I had like five or six to be able to choose from. Those are the two games uh, that I watched. And I will say that the big takeaway um, that I have is obviously he's going to slot in his QB3. I don't think that's too much of a spoiler here. Right now, we've only watched three quarterbacks. He slots in as the third guy on the list. I will say I don't think he has a firm grasp on that QB3 spot. Um, I think he's going to slide down the board as things uh, continue to progress, as we watch more guys. I think as we watch maybe uh, a Bo Nix, as maybe we watch a J.J. McCarthy, as we watch some of these guys, I think Michael Penix Jr. is going to slowly uh, slide down the board. Um, I came away with some things that I liked. Um, some things that I'd like to see him improve on, some causes for concern that really kind of have me leaning towards, I don't see a scenario where um, I'm going to have him in the top four quarterbacks by the time things are all said and done. Um, I know there's some first-round buzz around Michael Penix Jr. I couldn't get there watching him today, but we've got more tape to watch. We've got an entire season to put together, and then we'll do a, a full uh, report here when when the season's over and we get into the fully it being draft season when that calendar turns to 2024. And so I'll just share uh, my thoughts here. I have them kind of written in, in an order and we'll go through them. And for those of you who maybe have watched Michael Penix Jr., uh, I know Sam has, Bailey has, um, uh, I we can you guys can share your thoughts so we can have a nice uh, back and forth. So I'll start here. I, I think he operates really well um, in a clean pocket and in the quick game. I think that's where you see 
everything get put together for him. I think his mechanics are the best there. I think his footwork is the best there. I think his processing is the best there. I think you see his arm strength operate the best there. If he has a clean pocket and or it's the quick game where it is a quick screen or it is a two-step drop and we're just hitting a quick route, uh, that is where you see him put everything together. You see him being able to put the ball in the right spot. You see him being able to hit receivers in stride. You see his footwork be great. You see his upper body mechanics be good. Um, his arm slot, which is a, a little funky, we'll get into that here in a second, I think works for him in that area. So when you when I watch Michael Penix, those are the, the that's the area of his game that is the, the best part of his game. Is if the pocket is clean and he's able to work through everything, or if it is if it is quick game. If it is a screen, it is um, if it is a, we're just, it's a hitch route guys running five yards, turning around and he's got to hit a spot. He's really good, um, at that. And so that's where he really, uh, excels. Um, things are on time when he's able to have a clean pocket or it's the quick game stuff. Um, he's able to use some different arm angles there as well. Uh, and that's where you can start to see some of the, the touch, um, as well. And Bailey says he's very good at pre-snap, which helps with that. Chris comes with his experience, but he rarely is confused pre-snap. Yeah. And so if it's a screen, if it is something really quick, uh, he's able to just excel there because it's just it's just it's in and out. And he just knows exactly where he wants to go with it. Bailey says, I couldn't work out how strong his arm was. There were times I felt like he pushed it outside the numbers well and other times where the ball died when he was pushing it downfield. Um, yeah, I, I, I the the next note that I have here, Bailey, and I, I didn't know that that's what you were going to say when I read the comment ahead of time. I, I says lack deep ball accuracy inconsistent. There are times where he can drop it in a bucket and you go, oh. Okay, that's why people are in on Michael Penix. And then there are a whole host of other throws where it's short, it's long, it's outside, it's too far inside. It's just all over the map. I would say 20 plus yards uh, down the field. So that's the big thing for me is I don't think he's got that deep ball accuracy that you're going to write home about. He can show it at times, but it is just entirely inconsistent. And I think that's partly... Because of his arm motion, right? He's got like a three-quarter. Sam, I was talking to Sam Teets about this this morning. He called it like kind of like a whip release, but it is a three-quarter. He doesn't come all the way over the top. It's like three quarters, and it's out, and it 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 leads to him yanking some throws. And what I mean by that is there are some throws that he'll throw into the ground. There are some throws that are to the outside and he'll throw it to a receiver's inside shoulder. And I think it's because of the limitations of his arm angle. And the comparison that I used this morning when talking about this is it's like, you know, you know, those pull start lawnmowers and so you got to You got to yank on them to just get them started. And sometimes when you yank, you get it's the perfect yank and it gets the thing started. But then there's sometimes where there's a hitch in it and it kind of gets caught and it takes you a little bit. That's the way I would describe Michael Penix's arm motion. There are times where it's able to work really well. And when it does, he's able to put the ball in the right spot. But there are times where he's yanking him and he's throwing it to a wide open receiver, but he's throwing it down at his feet. Or it's a ball that's supposed to go to the outside shoulder and he's throwing it to the inside shoulder. And one of two things is going to happen when he does that. Either routes are going to get jumped at the next level because corners are just faster. Corners and safeties are going to crash and they're just going to be able to pick those ball off and go the other way. Or he's going to get a receiver really hurt because he's throwing the ball back to the inside and a corner or a safety is going to put his helmet right in the guy's chest because he's throwing the ball back to the inside and the receiver's got to turn back. And so I think that's what his motion, that's the limitations it has, is sometimes those throws are going to be all over the place. Now, overall, 
his accuracy is pretty solid for a guy who's whose arm slot and motion I don't necessarily love. Eugene says, where where the Friday free for all? Eugene, I understand you love the Friday free for all, but we're in prospect mode, baby. We got quarterbacks to break down. Having a lot of fun breaking down these quarterbacks, and so that's what we're doing here on the show today. A little Michael Penix Jr. breakdown. I, I appreciate the love for the Friday free for all, but it's prospect season. And so the, the his arm motion kind of concerns me, and so it, it doesn't feel like at times he can completely follow through. And speaking of his mechanics, I think the other thing that concerns me is there are times where if he's trying to push the ball down the field or he's trying to push the ball to the outside, he will, Sam, when I was talking to him this morning, referred to it as tilt. But to me, it's just he falls back and tries to throw more on it. And I, it just, it everything breaks down at that point. Like his, his feet aren't in the right spot. The arm motion doesn't, he's not able to get enough on it and he's trying to get more on it, but it just throws everything out of whack. And then the, the inaccuracies come with that. And so that's a, another concern that I have is that sometimes his upper body stuff can get completely um, out of whack. Uh, I mentioned the, the outside throws to the, to the inside shoulder. Uh, I said routes are going to get jumped or receivers are going to get destroyed. I think it's exactly how I have it written down here. Um, so the interesting thing about this Washington offense and the way that they run is they do a lot of motion with Michael Penix Jr. He's rolling out, or there's play-action bootlegs. He's on the move quite a bit, and it even applies in the quick game. That's why I say he's so strong in the quick game. He's doing some some PA boots, and he's moving a couple steps outside, and boom, he's throwing, throwing it to a, a back on the run, or he's throwing it to a guy who's found a soft spot in the zone and turned around sitting down. He's, he, he's really good at that. But the thing I don't see a lot... In the two games that I watched, I saw one scramble. I saw one QB design run. He doesn't move a lot. And within the pocket, I don't think he moves all that badly. And they put him in motion quite a bit. And I think he moves kind of fluid. He's nice kind of moving around the pocket. He's, there are times where he stepped up and I, and I felt pretty comfortable with it. It doesn't feel very janky. It doesn't feel very disorganized. It feels very compact. But he doesn't run the ball all that much. And so when we're, we're talking about these guys and and unfortunately for Michael Penix Jr., I had the Drake May and the Caleb Williams breakdowns in, in, in the back of my mind. But when we watch both of those guys, there's an above average trait or traits that we love. With Caleb Williams, it's the off-platform stuff. It's his ability to Houdini his way out of stuff and then on the run make some incredible throws, right? With Drake May, I think it's, it's his touch. It's his accuracy. I think his mobility is also a strength of his as well. With Michael Penix Jr., I don't know what that above average trait is. And I think if we're going to discuss him as a first-round quarterback, that there needs to be that above average trait. It's not processing. It's not his arm. He doesn't have any mobility. Like, I just don't know what it truly is. And and shout out to our guy, Sam Teets, again, because I had a lengthy conversation with him about Michael Penix this morning. But he put it all into context for me and put it, listed it all out. And I knew of all this stuff, but when you when you read it out loud, this is where you start to get concerned about Michael Penix Jr. in terms of an, of an evaluation. Season-ending torn ACL in 2018. Needed a season-ending joint surgery in 2019. Suffered a season-ending torn ACL in 2020. And had a season-ending AC joint separation in his throwing shoulder in 2021. Each of the last four seasons besides 2022, he had a season-ending injury. So just from the injury profile, you're going to be concerned. I see two torn ACLs. What kind of mobility am I going to have at the next level? And so you add all that up. Bailey says, I have a mid-third hit on him based on film alone. I think he knows what he's doing pre-snap and understands the position well, but he gets confused post-snap and has no elite traits. Injuries might drop him further. I have him as a day two guy right now. Um, 
Again, he's the QB3, and, and again, I think the door is wide open for somebody to surpass him as the QB3, so I don't think he's going to stay there for very long. But I, I watch him, and, and there are just way too many things in the bucket of concerns than there are in the buckets of things that I think he excels at um, that lead me to believe that this guy can be a day-one player right now. Now, he can change that. He can have a rise throughout the 2023 season and show off some post-snap stuff and have some increased accuracy and maybe show me some things with his upper body mechanics that will make me feel a little bit better. But he doesn't have a super great arm. He's not super mobile in terms of being able to extend plays and run around and pick up yardage. Again, I saw one scramble in the two games that I watched, one in which he took off. And so, again, it's only two games, so there's there's a bigger sample size to watch. And again, we're not going to base entirely off of these two games, but sitting here right now, as I sit, I can't get past him being probably a day two, and he's probably a late round two, early round three guy. Um, that's kind of where I see him see him falling at this at this stage because there's just too many things that I just don't know if they translate. His pre-snap stuff's really good. It's where you see him really succeed, and it's where you see him all sorts of all sorts of poise, all sorts of arm accuracy. It's just in that area of the short, quick game, um, clean pocket. Held these as medical concerns. Uh, Penix just gives me similar draft trajectory to Hendon Hooker. The interesting thing there is with Hendon, he got hurt last season. And he was on the rise and playing really well. And I wonder if he, if he didn't get hurt, if we would have talked about him as a round one quarterback. Can Michael Penix Jr. have some of the, uh, have a similar trajectory? If he stays healthy throughout the year and imp- improves, maybe. But with Hendon, the injury, I think, kind of derailed what was a hype train that was leave- leaving the station. Heldy says, Smoke will talk him up to round one, but the league will evaluate him as a day two, early day three guy. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think he's... I think he'll go on right now. If the draft was held today, I think he would be a day two guy. I say that thinking that Hooker was a uh, was a day two guy all along. Does that say day two or day three? I can't really. Yeah, day two. Um, yeah, again, I, I don't want to completely talk bad about Michael Penix Jr. because there's a lot of stuff that I do like. Again, it's all the pre-snap stuff. It is all the um, quick game, clean pocket. You You see the arm stuff. Uh, what is Penix better than as a prospect compared to Davis Mills, who went third round? What is Penix better at than as a prospect? See, I didn't, I didn't comp out or study Davis Mills, but I understand the question. Um, they're they're probably pretty comparable. If I'm, if just as a hunch here, Sam says we'll make fewer mistakes. Yeah, there were some there were some throws in the Texas game in particular that I thought were questionable post snap decisions for Michael Penix Jr. Miles ended up uh, Mills ended up pushing more ended up pushing more due to having a bad supporting cast. Yeah, I, again, I, I think I think Michael Penix is going to be the, the the perfect. You miss a guy on day one, but you want to take a guy to have in your building. And you're not looking for an answer right now at, at the position, but you may want to bring a guy in, let a guy develop, and see if he could be your answer long term. I think that kind of profiles. It's kind of what the Lions did with Hennon Hooker, right? Like, and I don't know if the situations are completely one to one, but that feels like the trajectory that Michael Penix is on. I can't get there with the first round buzz that we're seeing. No, 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 no. I cannot get there. I'm not willing to to go to those lengths. I just have way too many concerns with post snap stuff, with upper body mechanics with arm motion, 
with lack of mobility, with the injury risk, like there's just too many things that have me um, questioning it. But they have similar grades, slightly nuanced, but that is the bucket for him. I think a good solid backup with good character, but not a starter. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair characterization of how I feel about Michael Penix Jr. right now. He's got 2023 to change it. He's got an opportunity. What could be what could be the last year for Washington in the Pac-12? Heldy says, but Chris, consider this. This is going to be good. IU legend. Yeah, I, I kind of felt bad watching this, and I'm like, Heldy's going to be upset with me that I don't like Michael Penix Jr., but I can't get there. And I think what we're starting what if, now, we're only one guy in to outside of the big two, but. I think what you're going to start to see, and I think the thing that's going to develop for me, is that nobody is going to touch, at least right now, from a summer evaluation, nobody is going to reach the Drake May Caleb Williams tier for me. I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe there'll be some guys that could get close, but I don't think so. We'll let the process play out. We'll watch the tape. We'll, we'll evaluate and we'll see. But for me right now, we're one guy into the post Drake May Caleb Williams evaluation, and I go, I see why those two guys are talked about the way that they're talked about. It, it it further emphasizes the two scouting reports that we put together earlier this week. So we'll let the process play out. I think we got who who are we watching on Monday? JJ McCarthy, I think, is the next guy up for us to discuss. And then we've got two more open spots next week. Cameron Ward disrespect. Bender, first of all. First of all, where's I, I, Bailey's in here. Sam Teets is in here. Jamie might still be in here. There is nobody that will say that there is Cam Ward disrespect going to come from this gentleman right here. We'll get to Cam Ward. I loved Cam Ward last year. I love Cam Ward. We'll let the, we'll let the tape speak for itself. And I think he is one of the candidates to be one of those risers. J.J. McCarthy up next, please. All right, we'll do J.J. McCarthy for Monday, and then we've got two open spots for next week where we've got Bo Nix. We've got Cameron Ward. Uh, we've got a lot of options. Z, thank you, Jamie, for backing me up there. Uh, the rightful QB3 for J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Tuttle says McCarthy and Ward are my next two. I think I'm going to watch J.J. McCarthy before the episode as well. He intrigued me. But what did, uh, let me just, I want to get, listen, if there's one thing we are at over here on the TDN Daily Podcast is we would like to, we like to be accurate. Jim Harbaugh called J.J. McCarthy a once-in-a-generational QB and compared him to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. How do we not start next week with a guy that is referred to as a once-in-a-generational quarterback? I mean, that's high praise. This guy's going to... Sl- I, I just said that no one was going to be able to touch the Caleb Williams-Drake mates here. I don't think either of those guys are once-in-a-generational prospects. So if J.J. McCarthy is, we might be looking at QB1, folks, based on what Jim Harbaugh says. So we've got it. We've got to get him into the mix here. So we'll probably do him next week. We'll start the week with him on Monday. And then Cam Ward's probably a nice next person to, to get in there. And he says, the next best range of QBs is J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Cam Ward, Shadur Sanders, Michael Pratt, Quinn Ewers, and K.J. Jefferson. Sam, this is the second time you've mentioned Michael Pratt to me today. I feel like I need to get Michael Pratt. Let me see real quick. I, I'm going to look at the, the film database that I have here, and then we're going to get out of here on a, on a Friday. I want to see... What games I have available for McCarthy and for Michael Pratt? I gotta go to 2024 QBs here. For Michael Pratt, I've got I got three games. I can watch, and I watched it. Listen, nobody watched more Tulane than me. Tajay Spears, mid major, all that kind of stuff. So I've got the USC game. I've got the AAC championship game against UCF, and then I got a game against Kansas State. 
we got three games. I actually might just watch all three for Michael Pratt because I've only got three of them. And then J.J. McCarthy, what do I got here? I've got three games for him as well. I've got TCU, Ohio State, and Iowa. So I'll probably watch all three. And I, because it's the weekend and I can, I can spend some time with each of these games in the morning over the next couple of days, I'll probably watch all three of these games for McCarthy. You should also have two for Shadur Sanders. Why do I feel like we are using the same, the same place, Sam? Because I do have two games for Shadur Sanders. Guess we're using the same film database there, Sam, to be able to get the get our tape. Uh, so th- that's what we've got coming up. Uh, we'll get JJ McCarthy on Monday. Um, we'll probably do Cam Ward. How much Cam Ward tape do I have? I've got four Cam Ward games that we can watch. So, and then I've got a I've got a question. I've got a question for the chat, and then we'll get out of here for the podcast audience. And the podcast audience, you can weigh in on this as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Schubert underscore. If you're a member of the TDM Premium Discord, you can also share your, your thoughts about there uh, about this there as well. What do we think? I'm not promising anything, but what do we think about some film studies for these quarterbacks where we actually throw on the tape before I've done the breakdown? Because if that's something that would be popular and people would like to see me work through the process and would like to do that kind of stuff, we can potentially. Well, it's not potential. I know we have the capabilities of doing it. So it is something that we can potentially do. So we're getting yeses all across the board. Okay. Yes, please. From Bailey. We got a yes from Bender. We got a yes from Heldy. Okay. So that would be cool, but depends on the time of day. That's the other thing too, is I probably would do it. Right now I've been watching. I've been watching the quarterbacks early in the morning, my time. Like I've been up at 5.30 my time, sitting here and watching the quarterbacks up until the start of the day, start of the show and stuff. Um, so I could do it then and just throw on the stream, but that gets kind of early in the morning. The other thing to do would be to do them later in the day, um, kind of at night. Those would be the two options. We can workshop it and figure it out, but that those are, those are some conversations uh, that we can have. But appreciate all of you being here. Appreciate everybody in the podcast audience podcast feed listening to the shows we've got more breakdowns coming to you next week we're going to start next week with michigan quarterback jj mccarthy uh, that's going to be our first breakdown and again we're going to cover all the other stuff that occurs in the football world here between now and the start of the season um, we've got the first game next week hall of fame game uh, we've got preseason right around the corner we're gonna have a lot of fun content coming here in the month of august uh before the start of the season and then once the season begins i think this this thing's going to be a runaway train with the amount of stuff that we're going to have to talk about on a daily basis but in the meantime please rate review subscribe share the show with a friend we greatly do appreciate it continuing building the momentum here on the show we've got the live youtube side of things monday through friday 11 a.m eastern standard time come on over and join us on monday at 11 a.m when we do this breakdown of jj mccarthy if you can't catch us live but you do want to see the video versions of the show go to the draft network youtube channel click on the live tab all of the vods are there and while you're there hit the thumbs up button comment subscribe Turn on the notification bell so you get notified when a new video drops or when we go live. But that is going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. We talk to you on Monday.